Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari. Happy Tuesday, and off we go. Uh, we have Daylight Savings Time coming up um, over the weekend, and I'm very excited about that <laughs> because we're over here on the West Coast, and I have a little more afternoon light. Uh, it means I can go for my beach walks a little bit later, and that makes me happy. And it all of a sudden got warm here again, so we're like back to normal San Diego weather, so that makes me happy too. You may hear my voice sound a little nasally today because I'm not feeling well, but um, I'm going to do the show. I may end a little early today. We'll see how, how my energy holds out, but um, just wanted to give you a heads up about that. And today's show is about feeling tired. It's about feeling not just physically tired, like, you know, you had a hard week or hard weekend or whatever, but life tired. And this is something that I find a lot with light workers. so much so I've created a new course that I'll start teaching um, over the next, probably in the next two weeks, and uh, you'll see stuff coming out. I know I keep saying that each week, but it's been developing and I've been channeling different pieces of it. So today I, I wanted to uh, sort of introduce this whole concept, this whole topic, and then you'll see in your inbox some information about our new our new class that will be coming up. And I'm excited about it because it's something that's near and dear to my heart. When you've been doing this uh, type of work for a while uh, and you've been helping a lot of people, you get tired. And it's not like the kind of tired that a vacation can handle. Sometimes I call it to the bone marrow tired. And I know that a lot of light workers who come to me because I have a lot of advanced uh, students, they come and they're weary, you know, weary light workers. So I wanted to address this because it's really important because a lot of times people throw in the towel. They think, oh, I can't support myself doing this work. I can't, um, you know, I can't, I don't have the resources or I don't have the energy to keep tackling other people's problems and I have my own problems and, you know, just layers and layers and layers because generally people don't come to the spiritual path because they're all, you know, sunshine, lollipops, and roses, all hippy, happy, happy, happy. They come because they've got some major issues. They've had a major loss. They've had a job loss, loss of a loved one, or uh, they, their health is, is in, con- in question, or they have a problem they feel like is unsolvable, and they're turning to alternative means. And so, um, or they're just curious, feel like, well, what's my life purpose? Maybe there's something out there that's more to this than this, you know, or they're watching the news and they feel like the world is about to end and they want to know what, you know, how this is all work. So it's heavy duty, you know, it's heavy duty when people come to this path. And so uh, if you are a light worker or an enlightened entrepreneur in particular, uh, this is, this topic is definitely for you. And if you're not, and you are just feeling like life is sort of beating you up, and you're looking for what I call the call a second wind. This is the show for you. So, what do I mean by second wind? Well, when you've had a lot of uh, uh, strikes in your life, a lot of you know what you would perceive as failure, 
uh, loss and things like that, uh, we have a tendency to feel like we don't have, you know, when we're younger, we might have, you know, we bounce back faster. You probably call it the bounce factor. You might bounce back a little bit faster when you, um, you know, you have that resilience, you know. But sometimes, especially as you get to towards middle age, you know, after 30s, after your 30s, a lot of times, a lot of times people have it now before. There's a lot of, you know, life has changed quite a bit. But um, generally I've seen it, most people after they're 35 or so, everybody's had some sort of loss, some sort of disappointment, a divorce, you know, a sick child, something. And, um, and they feel like they're out of steam. A vacation doesn't cut it. You know, so this is not about taking a vacation or, you know, uh, doing doing some, you know, going for a spa treatment or a massage or that. This is about how to find your second wind and use the past that you're trying to overcome as the engine for that second wind in the sense that you're going to be able to not live in the past and not define yourself from your past anymore, but to create a new and that past now becomes reassigned. That energy of the past becomes reassigned. So uh, we're going to get into some of this, uh, what this all entails today. And um, and then, like I said, we're going to have a class. I'm going to do a class. It's going to be very experiential, very hands-on. So if you have something, if you're in this stage, then this is something that you want to pay attention to. It's going to be four weeks Uh four audio courses we're going to do just do it you could you'll be able to either listen in online or or listen in via the phone um it's going to be the first level because we'll probably have levels that probably eventually grow up into a much bigger program but i'm starting off with a four-week course and um it'll be on wednesdays uh and there'll be uh recorded classes so you'll be able to either take it live by you know being on the phone or online, or you can take it via replay, which a lot of people do because we have people all over the world who listen in. And uh, it's going to be a very hands-on. It's going to be a combination of how to uh, address this whole topic with the world of energy and frequency and consciousness in addition to some practical action steps to take. So it's a combination. It's an integration of both the physical action and the energetics. Uh, to get you up over that hump and to get you on your way, to get you on that fresh new path, fresh starts, new beginnings, but with the engine to get you all the way to start. You know, so uh, it's it's going to be really good. And like I said, I channel it. I just I channel down the um, outlines for the, for the classes, and then I you know send out the emails about registration, and then uh, and then we'll be getting into the class based on who's in the class. I, as I channel, it's customized to the energy of the group. So the guides read the whole energy of the group, and then sometimes that outline, most times that outline shifts depending on who's on the calls and who's going to be listening. It's really a pretty fascinating process, so I'm excited about that. We should have registration opening either. If it's not this Friday, um, probably by mid-next week. So somewhere between this Friday and mid next week, I'll be opening up registration. I just have to feel better so I can write <laughs> so I can write the email out. But uh, so it won't be tonight, that's for sure. But it will definitely be probably before the end of the week, uh, somewhere between now and, and uh, next week this time. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about um, why we're tired. You know why you're tired. So a lot of times we address fatigue with diet, exercise, and, and self-care as far as, you know, going to maybe a retreat or 
going to a, uh, you know, getting some, some some mental health help or, you know, these types of things. But uh, a lot of times our energy, remember, every experience you go through has a physical component that affects your body. So your neural, your neurological stuff, you'll have, it will, um, your stress will excrete, your neurology will excrete um, stress hormones, you have cortisol, you have adrenaline, you have those, you know, fight or flight hormones, you'll have physical manifestations of what those hormones, you know, produce, anxiety and all that kind of thing. And then you start to analyze it, right? So you have your physiological aspect and then you start to use your mental mind because your mental mind is there to organize and to identify and to categorize uh, what it is you're going through. And it will seek information. Right? Your mental mind is limited. It's limited to what it's seen before, what it's been through before. It's limited to what it watches other people go through. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Sorry, wait. Excuse me, sorry. Um, so this is very unusual for me. And so you have the physiological aspect um, of this um, this fatigue, and then and the mental right? Because your, your mental mind is taking you to, uh, oh, did, did I see Susie go through this? Or did I see John go through that? Or or let me read about this online and see what other people have done, that type of thing. Um, and then you have the emotional. You might feel despondent. You might feel a sense of uh, depression, which is self-internalized anger. You might feel anxiety. You might feel numbness. Numbness is actually where, and I'm not talking about physical numbness, I'm just talking about emotional numbness, where you just feel like you don't feel anything. Uh, numbness is when you have so many feelings going on that you start to not be able to identify any of them. You sort of, it's more of a retreat, a retreat from, you're kind of stepping back from the feelings and just letting them kind of be a wall out in front of you. So all of these things will add up. And then we have what the, the one aspect that people don't consider, which is their frequency. This is something that's the least explained. But frequency is actually the where the solutions are. And frequency is really the most potent thing that generates uh, the fatigue. Frequency also generates the second wind of the energy to get up out of that fatigue. Frequency also generates the wisdom of what to do for yourself, how to customize whatever it is you need for yourself. Frequency is really where it all happens. So the, uh, the uh, emotional manifestations of this fatigue are uh, circumstantial based on frequency. So what do I mean by that? Well, you guys have been listening to the show. For those of you who haven't, you'll catch on fast. The frequency is the energetic imprint of what all of this means. And energetically, uh, whatever you focus on is what creates, what is, is essentially the parallel that you choose to experience. So if you are focused, focused on exhaustion, then you'll p- pick more exhausted parallels and they'll build on each other. And if you get more and more, remember, whatever your thoughts are is, is the electrical energy and that's what's sent out onto the grid. And then whatever emotions you have uh, going alongside of that is the magnetic energy and that's what brings it all back to you. So if you're physically tired, you're saying, I'm tired, I'm tired, that's literally sending an I'm tired intention out onto the energy. And then what you're receiving back uh, and then if you send it with an anger or sadness or, you know, heavy emotions, then that's the magnetic energy and that's what's going to come back. So then it starts to compound itself. And that, that, that stacks and it stacks and it stacks and then it starts to wear on 
your it starts to manifest itself in your physical circumstances as those you know the physical exhaustion, the mental exhaustion, and the emotional exhaustion. It all still though starts from frequency, and frequency is really a very neutral substance. I always say energy is like tofu; it's waiting for a flavor. So it sits around and it waits for you for your focus, and wherever your focus, that's where it goes. So, um, so now you've got a situation where maybe you've given your all to something, and you felt like it failed. You know, maybe you tried to write a book and you couldn't get a publisher, or you have a business that that went south, or you lost a really great job that you you know worked really hard at, and somebody was really competitive and very political and snatched the job from you, or you know, you had a divorce or, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, a broken off engagement or, you know, health issues or whatever. So you have this, you know, the health issues aside, you have this feeling of failure. Failure is an interesting thing because it, it's, it requires a level of grief, right? It requires grieving. And if you're not frequency aware that grief can sort of get a, a head of steam on it and it can really kind of derail you for quite some time. And what happens also with failure, and I see this over and over again, some people are more failure sensitive than others. Some people are really resilient and they're so tenacious and they want something so bad and they don't, you know, they see the failure as part of the success. Um, other people, the minute something looks like it's not going to work, like it's like a half a breath, they quit because they feel like it's, you know, nothing's going to work for them. So, but regardless of what that is, uh, whatever, you know, how whatever level you're at with that, what happens with failure is it becomes part of our story. So we use it as a point of reference. The mental mind naturally uses failure as a point of reference. So it goes back and it looks and it says, oh, um, I know I want to do this new thing, but, you know, last time you tried this, or remember when you tried that other thing, and that didn't work. So now, not only does it do a point of reference, but it criticizes, oh, Steve, you didn't get this done or that done, and you, did, you ran out of money for that. Better not try this. And what you do from a frequency perspective is you start to program, again, for another failure. And then that happens in your circumstances. It reads out. And then you use that as proof that this next thing won't work, and this next thing won't work, and this next thing won't work. And over time, it that argument with yourself where you have that kind of inner child saying, hey, let's try this, and then you have that old voice, that kind of that older voice saying, no, that protective mental mind saying, no, we've already done this before, and that was a fail, and that was a fail, and that was a fail. That push-me-pull you back and forth creates exhaustion, absolute exhaustion, okay? And the next thing that happens is we start to live in the past. We live from that past pain. We start to try to, you know, we define ourselves by it. So have you ever heard somebody, you know, you say hello, you meet them at a party or a dinner or, you know, you're introduced or whatever. And within, you know, 10, 15 minutes, they're telling you these stories. Story of, oh, yeah, it's my husband. Yeah, he divorced me. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, no, oh, oh, my situation. Oh, you have no idea. And they start to, you know, lead with their story of past pain. Both of us have something, some trigger. Um, it might be in, you know, I call these life categories. So the category of relationship, career, family, health, uh, money, you know. But we all have, you know, some categories that are pretty easy 
and they kind of flow for us. And then there's other categories that uh, are our Achilles heel or kind of the ones that are more chronic for us. And so it might be health for you or it might be, you know, your money might be great, but then, you know, your relationships are always sort of tumultuous or your relationships are fantastic, but your money's tumultuous, you know, these types of things. So uh, when we have that, though, <clears throat> we start to um, define ourselves and lead with our story. Okay, we start to get our identity from a past circumstance that read out in our, based on, you know, frequencies that, uh, and then that appeared in our circumstances. And then we use the circumstances and we start to try to wrangle the circumstances themselves instead of managing the frequency first, which is why you call it my mastermind, the frequency first mastermind. It's really all about how to live from your frequency first. So you have this, uh, this heaviness, this heaviness of the past. Um, and that's some scripts that need to, need to be rewritten. The second piece of this is living in the future. And this is an interesting thing, and this will also fatigue you. It'll make you very tired. Uh, so living in the past is like walking around with a big backpack of bricks on your back. And it's interesting because a lot of people won't let themselves move forward because they feel they haven't resolved the past yet. They need, quote, closure. They need everything to be tied up in a neat little bow and all that. And you know what? A lot of times it's just really a comfort zone because you already know what happened in the past, so it feels safe. Because even, no matter horrific, how horrific it is, it's already done. It feels safe. It's easy to analyze and pontificate and what would what, what have happened if you had done this or what could have happened if you did that. And... Um, so it's a it's a comfortable place. The other side, like I was just about to start saying, is the future. And a lot of people uh, get their past feels so painful, so they kind of numb out to that. They're present. They're totally anxiety-stricken. They're present and feel overwhelmed because everything they want isn't there. So they start to live off in the future. And they start to feel anxious about the future and, and in the sense that, uh, what's going to happen in the future. Sometimes they start to get, you know, into planning and visualizing and dreaming and all that, and they don't, without any action, without connecting it back up with, you know, with actionable steps, and that sends them into anxiety because now uh, there is kind of like futuristic thinking but with no under, with no, no infrastructure. Going into the future because you're avoiding uh, your present that's what creates the anxiety because everything that you want will only be found in this present moment. If, you know, the future, when you get what you want, let's say you want a new car, you say, in two months I'm going to get the new car. Well, in two months it will be your present moment and you get the new car. So it's not your future. It's still the present moment when you get that new car. But truly in the parallel world, there, there's really no such thing as linear time. So everything's available to you simultaneously, and it's just a matter of more alignment than it is about timing. So when you get your frequency in alignment, that's when that those things configure, and you get it actually a lot of times sooner than you think. Sometimes a little later than you think because things are configuring for you, or because you're just you know you you have to configure your alignment. But um, but the timing is really more based on alignment than it is on some sort of linear linear construct. So if you're living off in the future and saying, someday I'm going to, when I retire, I'm going to do this, or 
or that, but I wonder if I'll have money. And, and then you say, oh, I didn't have money in the past. Well, what if I don't have money in the future? And then you start to really spin out. All of this, even just talking about it, <laughs> is exhausting. And so um, it, it's time for us to, to stop. And, when you, and the first thing you do in all of this is stop. You just stop. You just stop yourself. In fact, today I was like, when I feel under the weather, it's just so rare that I get like really like a big baby, <laughs> and I start whining to my in my own head. I start whining, and I had to tell myself today I was going into uh, into Whole Foods because I had to get some orange juice and stuff before I came and did the show. And I just told myself literally out loud in the parking lot, "Stop, just stop, just stay present today. You just go take it minute by minute by minute by minute. Do not." go off into, you know, never, never land with all this. And so I just focused myself. Let's look at an avocado. Okay. Oh, look at the pretty avocado. Okay. Let's go look at the water. Let's get some water. You know, and it was just moment by moment by moment. And that's the very first step to finding that second win. Okay. Is to stop. Is to stop. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of tips. And um, and I don't see callers. I don't see anybody who has a question A. So I'm going to give you these tips, and then I'm going to end the show because I'm just I really I'm not feeling all that great, um, and I don't know if my voice is going to hold out for the whole eight, whole hour. I'm going to give you some tips um, on how to how to get going with finding that second win. Now, remember, I'm not talking about a second win just to get you through today. I'm talking about that finding that momentum so that those longer range things that really do require care and attention. Let's say you have to lose 40 pounds or you really do want to start that business or you want to finish that book. Um, there's, this is the precursor to that. Okay, obviously for the show, we're not going to get into how to get your momentum for you know, the entire length of writing a book today. But I'm going to give you some tips to start to get you so you can evaluate where you're at and you can start to sort of do some pre-work to finding that second win. So the first thing is get yourself a journal. And what I've found is writing and writing and writing, just giving yourself some a voice. Because what happens is people have a tendency to not want to think about the failures of stories. And they either talk about them to other people, in which case what usually happens is if you talk about, let's say, the thing that's really bothering you to one of your girlfriends. So let's say she's particularly, she's going to start trying to help you solve it. And um, and then you're going to go into more detail. And then a lot of times what happens is as she's trying to help you solve it, you start to defend yourself and say, well, it's, you know, I tried that and it doesn't work. Well, I tried this and it doesn't work. Well, I did that and it doesn't work, right? So it becomes this push-me-pull-you between that person and you. And so it entrenches that energy. So that's really not helping. If you write in a journal, though, then what you're doing is you're, you're, starting, you're, you're dumping, you're dumping. And then you're not getting that pushback from another person. You're not burdening another person with it, but you're getting it all out. And that's the first thing, because then you're going to be able to start to see patterns. And over time, we won't go into all this today, but over time, what you'll do is you'll be able to look through those journal entries and you'll start to see repetitive things. And you say, okay, there's a thread. There's a thread. There's a thread. This is what I need to start to work on in the frequency. Right, so the first thing you're going to do, and that's what we're going to talk about for today, is just identifying, being able to notice. 
you know, being able to notice and to being able to observe without judgment. It's not a matter of, oh, see, you see how messed up you are. That's not it, so that you know what to address in the frequency. Okay, it's not a matter of what to fix, because a lot of stuff will drop away when you figure out what the real core threat is. Okay, so the journaling is very, very important. The second thing um, that I've found, um, and there's all sorts of clearing work you can do. I'm not going to get into that because it's a much bigger call today than today. But the second thing you want to do is start to be willing to surround yourself with new people. Now, a lot of people don't like to be around happy people. I remember I had one friend, she hated happy people. She was in New Jersey, and she's like, that person's so happy. They're god-awful annoying. Oh, that person's so happy. Oh, it gets on my nerve. And so um, she was pretty miserable most of the time. And it was, you know, it was funny in one way. But as I look back, and I wasn't as frequency mature, you know, knowledgeable as I am now, uh, when I look back, I can see why she things didn't go particularly easy for her. She was always having these hard knocks with her health or money or whatever. Don't be afraid to surround yourself with some new people. Surround yourself with people who are doing what you'd like to be doing. You don't want to burden them with how, you know, can I pick your brain? People do this to me, and I'm like, no, you're not going to. You know, can I pick your brain? I need to pick I want to just call it. Can we have lunch so I can pick your brain? No, that's a consult. That's a consulting session, in which case you pay me, and, you know, maybe we can make that arrangement. Most of the time I still won't do it. But that's not what you're trying to do with people. When I, when I say surround yourself with people who want to do, who are doing what you want to be doing, what you're really looking to do is to get into the frequency of success of, of that thing. I know when I, I think I've told the story on the show before, when I was looking to write my book, I went to a, to a writing retreat and, uh, and I was surrounded by really successful writers. So all of a sudden, what, what seemed like an impossible dream to me was very possible because they had done it like 25, 30 times already. So for them, it was there every day. And that's what you want to be around. You know, when I was riding my horse and I had horses, I would go and I'd board my horse at Olympic barns, a, a barns owned by, you know, Olympic trainers, people who had been on the team or were currently on the team. And I would do that so that I could be surrounded by the level of expertise. And with those people comes the best barrier and the best, you know, they have chiropractors for the horses, the massage therapists, and, and the best, you know, boarders with better horses. And, you know, it, the exposure, the exposure and the, and the habit structures were there. And then there was also what happens when you're willing to surround yourself with people who are more successful than you. The permission slip for you to be successful like them is much more likely. When you surround yourself with people who are doing what you're doing or less, there tends to be more competition, a lot of comparing, competing, a lot of, well, how are you going to do that? Well, okay, can you tell me how to do it? Well, what are you doing? Okay, I'm going to do, oh, I'm going to get it done first, you know, all that kind of thing. Or you failed at that before. Really? You're going to try that again? I can't, I had somebody tell me the other day, I was talking about, um, getting ready for uh, considering dancing competitions, and they said, "I don't know why you put yourself through that again. Like, how? Why would you do that? Because <laughs> like, I, I, you know, because it's a, a dream I, you know, didn't let go, and you know, maybe over the next year or so, I want to try it again. Oh, you know, so you'll have people who want to pull you off, whether they're lateral or doing less than that particular person." 
uh, used to dance with me, and now she quit. She's not going to start again, blah, blah, blah. So, so she was just like, don't leave me. You know, that's really essentially what that means, don't leave me behind. And so you don't want to be, when you're trying to find your second wind, with the don't leave me behind people. Okay? They have to carry their own weight. That's another reason why some people don't move forward is because they don't want to leave their friends behind. But what you have to see is you have to, you have to sort of pivot that thought process and you have to say, I'm not leaving them behind. I'm serving as a potential inspiration for them. I'm going to go ahead and I'll be a beacon of light for them to follow. So it won't be the blind leading the blind. I'll be the leader. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go into the darkness. I'm going to find the light and then they'll see the light shining. And believe me, nobody can argue with success. If anything, they get inspired by it and they jump on the bandwagon and it's always their own free will. So you can't carry them along. So you want to surround yourself with new people, people who are uh, inspiring to you, people who are already successful doing it, what it is you, you'd like to do. If you want to paint and have your own uh, gallery someday, go volunteer at a gallery. Go to galleries. Go to the Christie's auction. You know, make a trip of it. Get on, to, you know, instead of going to, you know, the Caribbean or something, take a long weekend or a half a week and go into New York City, go to an auction, watch the process, get surrounded by those people. You know, if you want to be super wealthy, put yourself in those circles. Don't sit on the side and say, oh, you have all this money and oh, I'll never get it. Surround yourself with with these new people. And what you'll find is they have their own natural current, their natural screensaver, their natural idling of their own personal engine is at a totally different point of success than yours. It, they're, you know, once you publish a book, I've published a book. Once you've published a book, you don't think about, oh, can I ever publish? Oh, can I ever get a literary agent? Oh, can I? Once it's done, you've done it. It has a totally, it's, it's a new idol. It's a new level. So you're not worried about, oh, could I do it again? You might say, do I want to do it again? But you're certainly not worried about, could you do it again? Right? It's not the same as if you've never done it before. So when you get so what you want to do is get yourself surrounded by people who've already done what you want to do. Sort of lean on the, the their frequency. So you don't even have to talk to them and ask them questions and pick their brain and all that. You can pay somebody and get the proper training. But by association, when you watch by association from a frequency perspective, you're spinning at a higher level. And that's what you want to do. You want to be exposed, have your energy exposed to a higher level of energy. Um, and, and, and then eventually you can access that energy. I know uh, one of my friends is a world champion. She's like the reigning world champion, international Latin dancer. Her name is Julia. And she's extraordinarily popular now. She's quite the celebrity in the dance world. And um, just being in her presence, I dance better. Or if I if I, she's not around, I can access her energy just by closing my eyes. And when I'm practicing, you know, if I'm if I'm feeling under the weather, if I'm feeling like kind of like uh, you know, not like a, like I don't know what I'm doing, I just say I just say Yulia, 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 and I just envision frequency, just her lending me frequency, and all of a sudden the steps come, the timing comes, something, whatever problem is trying to work out starts to work itself out. This is something in the class going to teach you exactly how to do step by step. But just know that it can be done. The next thing is, that's very, very helpful with second wind work is to have a mentor. And um, 
you know, the frequency mentoring, I, you know, that I'm talking about, that's one part, aspect of it, is, which is very good to have, because then you have somebody who's kind of going along the way, helping you say, this, yes, this is what this is, that's what that is. Oh, no, don't get discouraged, that's normal. Oh, yeah, that's not normal, you know, that type of thing. But also having a mentor in the in the category of something that you want the second wind in. So if it's like you want to be a public speaker, and uh, you want to, or you want to run big workshops, or you want to open a nursery school, or uh, you want to open, you know, you want to open up a, a gymnastics school for kids, or whatever it is. Having somebody who's a business person who, who's who you hire as a mentor is extraordinary because they can help you from their wisdom um, to avoid a whole lot of things. I know uh, there was a guy named Frankie Crocker who was a DJ many moons ago on a New York station called WBLS, and he always signed the show off saying, um, uh, oh, anyone can learn from their own mistakes, but it takes a wise man to learn from the mistakes of others. And... um, that always stuck with me. That was from when I was a little, little kid because my parents would listen to that, the radio. And I remember hearing that, and it, and it made so much sense, and it's true. So when you get a mentor, they can save you a tremendous amount of, uh, of time, and they can really help to support when you do get that second one to help it, help it to carry through, help you to sort of reestablish it as you go. Um, the other thing that's really good to do is to read biographies. If you can't get a hold of a mentor and you're, let's say you want to do something like Elon Musk, you know, and he's not all that accessible, you know, getting his biography, you know, reading about other people's lives, their pitfalls, even their memoirs, um, and what they had to overcome and kind of how they framed it and how they, uh, you know, w- what they what they did in their process. You'll be amazed when you get to the backstory of people, how much failure they actually got went through and how many said I was just about to give up I had tried 16 times 20 times and I just was about to give up and I something said try one more time on the Oscars this past weekend uh, the guy who won for best screenplay he had said you know I gave up on the script I quit doing the script 20 times and something kept saying no I gotta get this out there if I could just finish it somebody will will read it and it'll it'll you know people will see it and it'll benefit people i have to get it out there and he tried 20 times he literally started over 20 times so george lucas talks about um star wars and that i had no idea there's a there's a little video going around on facebook it's viral um and it's all about george lucas and the the, the trials and tribulations he went through to get the first episode the first movie of star wars up and it was just like what he went through was absolute hell. It was it was crazy. Um, he couldn't pay his actors. Nobody believed in him. He kept getting put down. The first round of the movie was horrible. He went and had to reshoot it. He had to create his own special effects studio because there was nothing in existence at the time, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately it became this phenomenon. And, um, and you know, when, and, and how he kept that that hope you are doing something that is from and this is I think this is going to be the biggest point but when you do something when you're trying one of the this is being channeled lots of Saturday one of the key distinctions to pay attention to when you're thinking about your second wind is what are you trying to get a second wind for 
what's the original goal? What's the purpose of the original goal? So if you're saying, okay, I want to be a doctor because my parents all wanted a doctor in the family, and I'm going to go and I'm going to fill out the family's dream of having a doctor in the family, and you get into med school and you're hating every minute of it and you're losing, you're getting burnt out and you're tired and you're exhausted, and then you're trying to find a second win for something that's not genuinely your passion, that's when you need to not do it. Because some people are like, well, how do you know when you should quit and when you shouldn't? If it is something that's not intrinsically feeding your soul, genuinely not intrinsically feeding your soul, that's different, but you feel like you're failing at it. Or you feel like you've had, you know, all kinds of obstacles and hard knocks. But because what will happen is for the for the first one that I was talking about, you're going to try to be the, you know, the doctor for the family, for the family to be proud of you kind of thing. And you're exhausted because it's not your thing. You want to open up a animal shelter instead. You'll never get the momentum because the frequency signature isn't a match. Doing something for other people, if you're exhausted, then that's where you need to evaluate. This is why the journaling is so important. But if you're on a trajectory of something you're really, really, really passionate about, but you've had every kind of hard knock known to man, it will get, come around and give you another opportunity. Those always come back around, always, always. You will get another opportunity. Let's say you were an avid ice skater as a kid and uh, life happened and you, you had to give it up, you know, money, going to school, blah, blah, blah. But now you're an adult and you always wanted to compete in ice skating. Well, they have all sorts of adult skating levels that you could, you know, in amateurs that you could go and find uh, and and actually go and start taking lessons and training and, and, you know, do ice skating at that level. I know in the ball and dance world, there's categories like legitimate competition for people all the way up into their 80s. They have different levels of categories like, you know, A, B, C, D, all the way up as far as age is concerned. And uh, you dance with a pro and, you know, it's called Pro-Am and it's just like dancing with the stars except not celebrity involved. And uh, so your spot would be the celebrity. You pay the pro, and you can go and you can you create your own dancing with the stars. So you you have to sometimes adjust. Okay, so maybe you won't go to the Olympics, uh, like you know the ones that all the twenty year olds are at. But there are all sorts of opportunities uh, that would feed that aspect, that that sense of you know give you that milestone. It might be running a five k or or a triathlon or something like that. You know, you create your own, quote, Olympics, unquote. What, what's your own milestone for you that's going to really make your heart sick? When you have that, that's when you find that second wind. You know, sometimes you do end up presenting it. Oh, let's say you have a passion, you love it, and you're working at it, you're working at it, but you keep getting rejected, you know, like writing your book or whatever, but, he, but you know, you say, okay, screw it. I don't want to write this thing. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it because I keep getting rejected, so that, you know, I, or I run out of money, or I, I can't, you know, I can't support myself and write at the same time, all those kinds of things. And then, but the book and the topic is, is your passion. It's your core. It's what, something that you really feel intrinsically has a high frequency on it and that you should, that it's your your soulmate type of thing to do, um, that will always give you a second chance. It will. Your gifts will always get the second wind. The problem is that we get confused because we think, okay, I, this is something I should be doing and I'm not getting it done, so I'm exhausted. Well, if you're saying I should be doing it, but it's because somebody else has an expectation on it, that's going to wear you out. 
that's the thing that you probably won't, you know, it'll go away, and it's just something meant to be, meant to go away. Okay? So the last thing is combining energy with action. So especially when they come to shows like this, they want to just focus on energy. And they're like, okay, I just did all those things you said and nothing happened. Well, did you take any action? Uh, no, I thought I was just supposed to sit and wait. No. Now, it's the difference between just taking action, harem scarum, like I know Tony Robbins says, massive action, massive action, get in the state, take massive action. And people go running around like mad, mad men, um, with, with no frequency application. So that makes it so you get exhausted because you wear yourself out because you're doing too much stuff. When you add in the energy and you go into, you know, meditation, and in our class I'll teach you processes of how to do this very efficiently, but you go into the meditation, um, you can just do a quiet meditation on your own, and you start to ask questions. Okay, what, what, uh, what's my first step? Instead of saying, I just want money, I just want money, you say, what's my first step to making more money? And do that in your meditation. So now you're asking from a frequency-based perspective for practical steps. Okay, so you want to combine the two, frequency and practicality, together, not one or the other. And that's the piece where people get confused. So once that second wind comes around, you see that on the horizon, then you want to start to apply both energy and physicality to it. Okay, so um, just to quickly review before we wrap for today, uh, start off with a journal. Okay, start being really honest with yourself. And you might want to start off writing, what are your stories? You know, what is it that you lead with? What are the things that really kind of bother you, you know, um, that you would likely bring up if somebody wanted to really get to know you? What are those stories? Are they, and are they sticking you in the past? Right? Write about them. Get them down on paper so you can get them out of your head. So you can get it so that they're recorded, they're, they have their archives, and then you can move forward with a clear, clear slate. That's where you want to start. And then giving yourself hope by surrounding yourself with people that are already doing what you think you might like to do. Those two things will set you off in such a good direction to get that, that second one going. All right, so I'm going to stop here. Uh, please keep an eye out on your inbox. Over the next few days, we'll get uh, all the information out for our new class. And in the meantime, go ahead and get yourself a journal. Get started on this process. Don't give up. And remember, always be true to your own heart because that's where those second chances, that's where that energy is meant to be, and that's what you're being guided to. Be true to your own heart. All right, so I'm going to end with my motto, which is you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it too. And in this energy, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. Have a great night.